So I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. So I did a little bit of work on the side for Matt. You know, he paid me a little bit of commission here and there when I made sales. But it put me in a position then, and it put Matt in a position to say, oh, this guy is dedicated, like knows what he's doing. He's got the right ethos, the right culture for this business. And so when the time came when they had enough money, they could, you know, they could recruit me. Hello and welcome to the PyBytes podcast, where we talk about Python, career, and mindset. We're your hosts. I'm Julian Sequeira. And I am Bob Beldebos. If you're looking to improve your Python, your career, and learn the mindset for success, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. Right, everyone. Welcome back to another PyBytes podcast episode. This is Julian, and I'm here with Bob. How's it going, man? Hey, good to be back today with us. We have Ollie Bridge from Bonjuro. Welcome, Ollie, to the show. Yay. Hey, Bob. Hey, Julian. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really good to be on here uh, Yeah, chatting to two friends and two customers. And uh, yeah, excited to do this. Yeah, yeah. No, we're chuffed that you're here for our, our first guest for 2022. This is um, and our last guest for 2022 after this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll dive in. Uh, everyone, Ollie is from a company called Bonjoro that uh, some of you may have experienced where Bob and I uh, record these video messages when people you know interact with PyBytes. And uh, so I'm not going to steal his thunder. So Ollie, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, so I'm Ollie, Ollie Bridge, um, CMO of Bonjoro. I say CMO, but we're a 20-person team, so take that with a little pinch of salt. You know, I don't want to sort of blow my own trumpet too much. Um, but, yeah, I, I run the marketing side of Bonjoro, and Bonjoro is it's basically, you know, the simple way you could call it a video email tool, but we're a little bit different to that. Basically, we plug into your existing, like, tech stack, maybe your CRM or your email marketing tools to trigger tasks to send personalized videos to your customers, to your leads at the perfect moment. So I know you guys use it and we have lots of customers use it for lots of different things. As a quick example, you know, we have photographers that might get inquiries coming to their website and they've linked Bonjoro up to their inquiry form. And whenever they get a new inquiry, it pings them a little notification on their phone and says, hey, record this person a video, make that connection, create a relationship. And by doing that and sending them a personalized video, they'll be more likely to win that business than another, another photographer who just relies on you know, an email automation or something. So yeah, that's what we do. That's awesome. And uh, we love the service, <laughs> obviously. Um, maybe, maybe tell us a bit about how that got started because there are many tools and it seems like really the video is, is the critical aspect here, right? Or what was the need that you saw in the market when you started? The Yes, but it's almost like we didn't see a need in the market. We actually, it was a hack for our own business. So um, you might not know, I think you guys know, but we had another business called Verbate. Um, well, we still run that business, actually. So Verbate is a, or it's a market research tool. Um, and it basically allows you to send out surveys to people anywhere in the world and get video responses back to those surveys. So Verbate um, works with lots of different brands. And one of the problems, so when Matt, so Matt and Grant and Mitch, the founders of Verbate um, out in Sydney, they launched Verbate, most of the business and most of the inquiries for that business were coming from London and New York. You know, a lot of the sort of branding agencies like live in, and exist in those spaces. Um, inquiries were coming in. And one of the issues they had was that they would send an email back like the next day. And 
because of that distance between sort of Sydney and London, Sydney, New York, um, some of those like responses were getting ghosted. People weren't giving back to them. So Matt basically had a bright idea that he would send a personal video to everyone that made an inquiry on the Verbate website and to see what happened. Um, and pretty much overnight, we tripled our response rates to mm. inquiries and started making a lot more money for that business. Um, so the team, I wasn't there at the time when this happened, this little hack, but basically the team looked at each other and was like, okay, we think we're onto something here. This is correct. <laughs> this is doing something a little bit different. We're making more money. We're getting, and a lot of it was sort of relationship based as well. Like Matt would send, Matt used to get the ferry to work from, um, oh, where did he live? I can't remember where it was, but like round the bay into the CBD in Sydney. And he would send his videos from the ferry. And people would reply back going, oh, it's mm. so cool. I can't believe you're showing me like ferry and where you live and all this stuff. Um, and a lot of the people as well, a lot of these agencies that replied to Matt and replied to Grant and Mitch when they were sending those videos were like, um, how did you do this? And also, if you build this, like we would we'd pay for it because we want to do something similar ourselves. So it was one of those, I guess, like a sort of fairy tale story for a startup where you try something, it works, and then people say, yeah, we'll pay you if you build it, which is quite cool. So we did. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, that's the the whole scratch your own itch thing. I, I yeah. love that. Um, that's a great story. I haven't heard that story before. I'll have to I want to hear Grant tell it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that that's that's an amazing story, and uh, I love that. You know, he just took that initiative. He just said, you know, I'm going to figure this out and do it myself, as opposed to try and find something else and get caught in the whole um, paralysis of shopping around for 10,000 different things. And, and that's actually, um, you know, one of the reasons why we just went with Bonjoro because when we saw, um, when we saw what it could do, when I, I can't remember who put me onto it actually, or how I found out about it, I've got to figure that out. But, uh, when we started using it, it was just so simple to use and so easy. We didn't waste any time with digging around, figuring it out, um, having to put in the infrastructure. It just, worked for us and it was just so much fun uh that that whole mentality of having the opera house in the background as he's on the ferry um i've done some of these from the beach um overlooking the ocean you name it um and it's just been it's awesome so i i love that i think it's great one of the killer features is that you can use it on your mobile so you have not only the the personal messaging aspect but also you do it like from everywhere and i remember when you julian went up to the beach like one of the ingredients of your holidays was, well, I can actually send some cool bonjours from the beach. So <laughs> go figure, right? Yeah, it just, it exactly. just made me think of, uh, oh, God, it's about three years ago. My, so my mum lives out in uh, like the middle of Shropshire. In, so I'm from the UK. Um, I currently live in Bedford, but my mum lives in Shropshire. And when we were first starting the business, it was about a year into the business. And it was, I think it was Christmas time. And we'd all agreed, right, we're going to, because we send a personal video to every new sign-up for Bonjour. Like, it's our thing. Like, we have to, you know, we've sent 50, 60,000 of these videos over the years. So we're all like, okay, uh, you guys, you know, split it up into the team. Let's send videos over the Christmas period. And I remember there was one night where I was meant to be doing the videos and my mum's, the reception where she lives is absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> and I, I had to get in the car and drive 20 minutes to find, like, the nearest 4G signal I remember recording videos in my car, almost in the pitch black. I'd like pulled into a lay-by. Um, but I got quite a few interesting replies from that. So like, I think that is the beauty. The mobile app does sort of liberate you a little bit. I think a lot of people, it's like, I always wonder whether our growth as well has been good because some people aren't comfortable recording videos in front of their desk. 
particularly when we like we're all remote now but before that when people are in offices like I wouldn't really want to sit there and record a video to someone with my colleagues overhearing me I'm sort of a little bit shy so um, I think the mobile apps have liberated people who are like oh I can go on a lunchtime walk and record videos and connect with my customers and connect with my leads all that sort of stuff so it's cool that yeah. you did on that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's funny. I prefer to do them like in the car when I'm out and about. Uh, when I'm at home, you know, the kids are around. I have to be like, shush, quiet. Oh, the amount of recordings that have been ruined by one of the kids screaming or yelling. Um, although that is endearing in some respects, like, oh, my children, you know. Um, yeah. But it, it's like I've done these in front of in front of the school, like waiting in the car. I've, <laughs> if I show up 10 minutes early, let me hit the queue. Let me get some of these out. Um, and people people really enjoy them. Uh, so actually, I will frame all of this. The reason everyone listening, we're talking about this is this is a bit of indulgence for Bob and I because we're such huge fans of Bonjoro, this app. And um, we want to dive into the tech stack and, and all of these stories around Bonjoro because uh, having met a bunch of the team now, it's just such an awesome story and they're such wonderful people. We just have fallen in love with the service and uh, also their mentality, mindset, uh, the that growth perspective behind it all. So um, we probably should have started with that. Hey, so let's not edit the podcast. Let's leave it the way it is. Hey, Bob. Yeah, glad you brought it up. Fully agree. <laughs> um, so before we ask about the tech stack, shall we just share quickly how we use it? Oh, yeah. Okay. You You go. You go. So, yeah, we got it fully integrated uh, in our stack. And I think the main... Uh, thing we use it for is a coding platform. So I think most people listening or great percentage knows about the coding platform we have. And it's highly gamified. So people earn those ninja belts based on the number of exercises they solve. And we use Zapier um, webhooks to um, automatically create Bonjoro tasks. So when people get a certificate and ninja belt or certain events on that platform, we automatically get the Bonjoro task created and it shows up on our mobile. So we're just uh, walking around and, uh, and and the sooner you can actually record a message, the, the the greater the wow factor, right? Somebody might become a ninja and literally 10 minutes later, they have like a video message from myself or Julian uh, congratulating them. And apart from, you know, relationship building, we're all about, you know, getting to know the people that use our service. It's also really motivating for them. Like your message mm. actually made me persist through and, and code more on your platform. And of course, the more they code on the platform, the better they become because there's definitely that deliberate practice we uh, we endorse. So yeah, that's, um, it's just a, an excellent service and it really helps us, um, again, build relationships, uh, but also motivate people, inspire people to uh, code more Python. Yeah. I think that's the and main use case, right? Well, the, the other side of it is that there's so many, this really sounds like a sales pitch, I apologize, um, but there's so many integrations, you know, that <laughs> for all the things <laughs> for all the things that we do, um, they just like pipe ev everyone into this Bonjoro queue onto mine and Bob's phones. So if, if you buy our book, for example, we'll get a notification that you bought it. And the reason we were so uh, enthusiastic about that is because we we take pride in all of the stuff that we do and we love to get to know everyone, the whole community thing, and we just want to say thank you. And it's not enough to just have one of those automated emails that says, hey, thanks for buying the book. Click on the website. You know, we we want to tell people, we want them to see how excited and, and 
we how much we appreciate them. So when you see us walking through the park or down the street and you see the look on our face of just pure joy of going, thanks so much for buying the book. This is amazing. You know, it hits home with people a lot more and shows them that we actually appreciate them. And that's that's important to us. Uh, so we have it tapped into that side of things as well. And just personally, I use it for all sorts of random stuff as well. Uh, if I want to, you know, have a go at some friends, I couldn't be bothered typing out a text or something. I record a quick bonjour and say, "Watch my video." Um, I've I've recorded birthday messages before on it as well. So abusing the service, Bob. You don't need to cover your ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So seeing as we, we, I just mentioned integrations and stuff. So Ollie. Um, we wanted to know about the tech stack with Bonjour. Yeah. We we don't even ourselves know. So this is going to be a surprise to us. So do you reckon you could tell us a bit about it, what's under the hood? Yeah, well, it's interesting you hit on integrations because that, I should probably note that, like, Bob, you talked about Zapier, Zapier. I never know how to pronounce it. Um, mm-hmm. But that, like, like, our growth story is probably pretty contingent and reliant on Zapier. Like, we're, you look at businesses that grow well, often they grow on the back of a existing platform has a big audience, has a big reach. You know, look at some other businesses, they grow well off like Chrome Store, for example. You know, they create a Chrome app and then they get great growth through that. Um, so our growth story, that original hack that Matt and the team put together probably wouldn't have been possible without Zapier existing um, because that was the tool that allowed us to say, okay, take that web, that form on a website, take that task, that contact, and pull it into our little video app so we can send a video. And then alongside that, Zapier as well, having so many different customers became a a point of discovery for us as well. So in terms of our growth story, people discovered us through that. And what it meant in the early years is that we didn't have to build all of those direct or native, whatever you want to call them, integrations. We could rely on Zapier to do that sort of pipe work for us. Um, And in our early years, 2018, 2019, we were actually in both of those years one of Zapier's top 10 fastest growing work apps, um, which is wow. pretty crazy. And they actually did some really big pieces, both in the summer and the winter, which I loved as marketer. They like published this piece on like fastest growing work apps, which got us a ton of exposure. Um, you know, a lot of like PR around that as well. And like investors suddenly sort of email and go, oh, I hear you guys, like this sounds interesting, which is cool. pretty cool. So in terms of like, yeah, the stack, having... I don't know whether it's replicable, right? Like maybe this just works for our business, but I always think in terms of when you're growing a business, try and piggyback on a platform. And for us, the piggyback was the integrations platform because it fitted with the core proposition of what we were doing, which was like Mm -hmm. this trigger event takes place, like a new lead, go and record your video. And that was our like unique selling point. Everyone else at the time was doing like screen recording and, you know, video marketing where you could host videos on your website, this sort of stuff. And we were like, okay, let's do something completely different. And the core of our platform is a task list, which sounds sort of weird. And it sometimes is quite hard to explain to people when they discover us for the first time. Um, but I think once you've used it once or you set it up once, then it makes total sense because it makes everything easy. Um, so yeah, the integrations piece is, is interesting. But beyond that, we've now, the last sort of two years, we've had more, um, more devs on board and we've been able to uh, create much deeper integrations. So we've created native integrations with other platforms. For example, like a big one, another opportunity we saw was ActiveCampaign. Massive mm. business now. I think they've got something like 180,000 customers. So we were like, okay, let's place our chips. We spotted no other video you know, platform was playing in that space. You had, there were video platforms 
serving Salesforce, serving HubSpot. We're like, no one's doing a active campaign. Let's sort of go and cozy up with these guys. Um, and that worked out really well for us. And 2020 was a big growth year for us because of that active campaign direct yeah. integration that we built. So we, we exist in their platform. Now, if you go in there as a CX app, so you can actually pipe Bonjour into active campaign from inside active campaign. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. We we use active campaigns now. So, so that's cool. <laughs> we were excited well. when we saw that. We were pretty excited. Mm. Uh, no, no, that's that's really great. I, I didn't know that piece about Zapier and how it all just helped um, everything well, zap together, you know. Uh, no, no one? All right, fine. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Uh, no, but that's that's one of my, my favourite things is that um, – you, the experimentation in there, right? That there's that piece. Um, and through all of that, you've all been so responsive to us, like not just us, I imagine just Bob and I, but to everyone who does use Bonjoro, um, your support has been incredible in the sense that uh, Bob and I over the years have had plenty of issues and, and said, hey, we're hitting this bug, you know, we've got this problem. And you, and specifically, you know, you and Grant, have just gotten back to us quick smart i mean to the point where grant and i had a coffee and talked about our use cases because we were hitting such unique things and, and bugs and it reminded me of how we are with the PyBytes platform um, when anyone has a feature request or hits a bug or an issue we're like on it and we say hey let's talk about it you know um so i mean that ethos of support of of not putting yourself above everyone else as like a we're an almighty company and you like it or leave it. I mean, being in there with people, was that something that just happened organically or? Yeah, I think it stems a lot from, so Matt, our founder is very, very like genuinely like customer centric guy. Like he, when we started this business, I think the nature of the business, like connecting with customers through video, it sort of comes with that. But Matt wanted to take it really a step further than that. So we had this ethos at the start of the business, which was around like customer delight. And he wanted everybody in the business to think about how can you always be delighting customers like at every single little interaction. So whether it's on support or, or elsewhere. And actually in the early days, we had this thing where we would send um, like bear ones. So I think like anybody listening, you might not know, but our thing is to where like we have all our personalized like bear onesies. Like our mascot is a little bear called Joro. It looks similarish to the sort of MailChimp logo, but it's a bear if you can imagine it. Um, we all wear these bear onesies. And we had this thing early on where we would send bear onesies to any customer that hit 1,000 videos sent. We actually couldn't sustain it because too many people were hitting that level and we <laughs> couldn't afford to send bear onesies all over the world to everyone. But we're actually thinking of bringing it back um, because, yeah, there's something about it. We basically wanted people to feel like they were part of our family. Mm -hmm. um, and Matt is, yeah, was really into like customers as friends first. And sometimes that can sound a bit like, oh, yeah, are you really genuine about that? But we really were. Um, and we'd, like, we'd send Bonjour video randomly if we went camping together, like when we could get together. We'd go like camping, you know, uh, I'd fly over to Australia, the other team would fly in from wherever they were. And we'd be around the campfire having a joke and a laugh. And we'd send like little songs to our customers. We'd like someone to get our guitar and we'd like record a video and send songs to customers. So that whole ethos. But then on the other side, it's like having the right, I guess, like tech stack on the support and marketing side, you know, to support that too. So, you know, tools like Intercom are a godsend because they are just so good and so easy to manage that sort of inflow of conversations from customers. Um, and you can give them the right responses. 
Um, and just as a general thing, I think businesses that are succeeding at the moment are those that are putting more money into customer success and customer support um, and and you know, worrying, well, not worrying less about acquisition and the other things. But yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of growth can come through customer success. And we definitely saw that the way people responded to our brand and to our ethos really brought a lot of growth for the business. Um, it's been mm-hmm. really important to us. Yeah, that's a good tip, right? I mean, you keep people happy and uh, treat them essentially treat them where you want to be treated, right? Yeah. I, would, I love when a business comes back to me and treats me like a friend as opposed to some number on a piece of paper. Yeah. So we said before, it's all about building relationships, right? Yeah. There's hard things as well you do. Like we increased our pricing last year and I, I sent that messaging out to customers, but I tried to be rather than like gloss over it. I've seen price increases where people um, try and... Uh, dress it up as something different like pretend like you're getting something else but i was sort of just straight down the line like we're increasing our prices for these reasons and i got a lot of responses coming back going like thanks for being like totally transparent mm. with that some people weren't happy but i all, i went back to every one of those like individually and just said you know sorry for like this is what we have to do as a business and i think people just appreciate that right yeah it took me about six months to get over that i blocked you from my email <laughs> Um, (laughs) well to be honest we we did get quite a few things in return right templating um video responses Uh, you guys are constantly innovating right that's uh so maybe maybe, uh, you can get a little bit of sneak preview what's what's to come this year what's uh what are you guys working on or yeah that's a good point the innovation piece you probably noticed we like upped that email marketing game last year so one of the uh like one of my ideas for last year was to try and have a launch mentality on the on the marketing side to make our customers feel like like oh man these guys are like doing a lot of stuff like with launch like you know, they're adding a lot of features and I, I think that is important like the year before we'd fallen away from that a little bit and sort of uh, rested on our laurels a little bit uh, so in terms of like innovation big piece coming up from us is that actually we're launching our first like fully new product ever into Bonjour. And one thing we're trying to do this year is make that jump. And it's pretty scary, like jump from being a product. So just like a single product to a platform and a platform in the sense that we have multiple products wrapped up into this platform and our customers can use one or two or three or four of them, you know, whatever it might be. You know, you look at someone like an intercom who have, you know, they have their sort of outbound email messaging, so like their email marketing, they have their support side of things. Yeah, lots of things like wrapped up. So we're trying to make that jump too. So the new product that's coming up that we haven't actually told our customers, so you guys are the first, to say, this is the first public announcement mm-hmm. is well. um, <laughs> called Bonjour Testimonials. Um, and it's going to allow you to collect, manage and publish customer testimonials in a really, really simple way. So basically it's part of our journey to help you create customer loyalty with personalized videos. So you're making raving, happy, super fan customers. And then you can use Bonjour as well to collect testimonials from them. So video testimonials, written testimonials, all you do is create a little link, send it to your customer. It guides them through sending everything back to you, comes back into the Bonjour platform where you can manage it. And then you can spin it up as well. We've given you like publishing tools. So you can create like a little wall of love. You can create sliders or quote blocks to embed on your website. So all like super simple, dead easy to do. Like as a marketer, I hate like, well, before this, I hated trying to gather customer testimonials. It was like Excel spreadsheet or Google sheet, Dropbox files. 
and I'd do loads of it and actually not end up publishing them on the site because it's like, you know, you sort of gather it all in and you never get around to publishing it. So we're trying to fix that pain point for our customers, basically. That would be super useful. I mean, testimonials are important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are, yeah. And and more than more often than not, you know, people who really enjoy your service or your product or whatever it is you do want to talk, tell more people about it and are more than happy to to sit there and do it. But to make it easy for them is to do it is is half the the pain um, and half the effort. So this is cool. I can't wait to play with it. It's going to be great. Neither can I. I haven't played with it yet, so I can't, I can't wait <laughs> well, to. But yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> you first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be first. It's uh, yeah, it's funny. Like I've had other marketers from other businesses like try and gather testimonials from me, and everybody has a different way of doing it. Like they'll send me like a PDF doc and be like, "Please frame your video in this way," and like talk about this, talk about this, mm. and it sort of puts you off doing it, right? So, oh yeah, yeah. If we can make it well, it is going to be really easy. I've seen it. I just haven't tested it yet. So yeah, beta is coming up in probably about three weeks. So we'll invite you guys oh, nice. to beta it. So yeah, uh, it's going to be cool. Awesome. We'll we'll record a, a terrible testimonial just just in case <laughs> you get the balance. I was um, testing the edge cases. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, I, I really like that. And this, this to me, it, it's kind of funny. I, I want to draw this little relationship between the the people that uh, we normally talk to through PyBytes. So, you know, they're developers, and we're always encouraging people to build things and 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 all of that. But one of the things that slows people down the most is that the idea that they have seems too big, and there's too many moving pieces. There's too many f- features, and it just. Ah, then they give up before they even start, right? Um, what I really like about this story, and I actually didn't know all of this Bonjoro story coming into this um, this episode. Um, what I really like is that you literally started with the MVP, which is what we constantly tell people to do. Just get your thoughts out onto a piece of paper, start with the MVP, worry about the other stuff later. And you can see how since, well, since you started, really you've tacked on feature after feature, bit after bit once you got that MVP done and solid and iterated over it with feedback. So it's kind of cool that we see we do that at a very low level, small impact level with just one one on one with people. But here you are doing it with a company that has thousands of customers and has all sorts of stuff happening. So it's, it doesn't matter what the scale is, the the principles are still there. So I, I really like that. That's cool. Hey, everyone, just a quick break for a message from our sponsors. And who's the sponsor today, Bob? Bye-bye. That's us. Yes, a message from us. We're sponsoring our own podcast. And this is a message from us just to tell you, go and check out the PyBytes Developer Mindset Program. It's pretty good, isn't it, Bob? Yeah, what's cool about it? It will get you the results you are looking for in your Python journey. Whatever your goal happens to be, this is the program for you when it comes to Python. We want to talk to you. We want to help you get there. And this program is going to do it. Bob, quickly, what are some of the things that people have achieved through the program? A high-performance music API, a transcoding AI SaaS app, CoinHub, an app to serve as a cryptocurrency portfolio tracker, Spike2Pi, a data science package hosted on PyPI, payroll app, a SaaS application that simplifies payroll for small businesses. And my favorite? Building confidence. Yes. Mindset. I love it. All right. If you haven't yet, click the link in the show notes, check it out, and uh, let's get back to the episode. 
Is there any other career tip uh, you have for our audience? Um, if they want to launch a service or product or app, how to get started? So my, my personal story, and I think it's something that I've seen a lot from other people that have joined businesses like Bonjoro, um, it's really about like de-risking your lifestyle a little bit in terms of income level required, like all of these other things. It's different. I have two kids now, and I think it'd be sort of difficult to do what I do now, but I possibly still you know, could make that jump. So just to give you an idea of like the jump I made, I was in like account management for a SaaS company and I wanted to get into starting my own business. But to do that, I had to basically I had to take like a you know, pay cut that was sort of 30% of, of what I wanted to do to tr- sort of hack away at my own stuff. So I think like de-risking your lifestyle to make that leap before you actually make it. Because if you make it and, you know, like you've got all these other sort of um, responsibilities and sort of reliances on you, um, be very difficult to do. And then you're in a much better position to say like yes to things. So the way I got into Bonjoro was that I was actually doing like sales for another startup. Um, Matt, the founder of Bonjoro, is actually a very old friend of mine, got in touch and saw what I was doing. was like, oh, we need someone on the ground in the UK, but like we're super early stage. We can't really afford that much at the moment. Do you want to like help out, see what the business is like? Um, and I think, you know, some people might think, oh, that's like, you know, taking advantage or like, you know, <laughs> sort of trying to ask someone to do something on the cheap. is like not a good way. But I think if you're open to those opportunities and to the right ones, they can turn into something really amazing. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll do it. So I did a little bit of work on the side for Matt. Um, you know, he paid me a little bit of commission here and there when I made sales. Um, but it put me in a position then, and it put Matt in a position to say, oh, this guy is dedicated, like knows what he's doing. He's got the right ethos, the right culture for this business. And so when the time came when they had enough money, they could, you know, they could recruit me. So yeah, the big thing for me is like de-risking and, and, and being very open to, to new opportunities which is sort of weird at the moment because we're all in this sort of remote mindset and those new opportunities come from very weird corners, I think, right now, rather than, you know, me, I was on the ground in, like, London and it was much more normal. <laughs> in those days. Yeah. But, yeah. No, that, those are great tips. I really like that. And you sort of chewed into my last question, which was going to be about the mindset. But um, one thing that that stands out there is, you know, jumping at the opportunities, no matter how weird they might look or obscure and, um, non-standard, right? We all have this standard workflow, nine to five jobs, all that stuff. Um, so to have these odd little things come up that seem uncertain, you know, embrace them as well as you can. Um, and as you were saying, these days, uh, it's it looks very different to what it would have looked three, four years ago, right? Um, so my my encouragement to anyone, to everyone listening, is you know keep your eyes open, keep your ear to the ground. Uh, opportunities are coming up everywhere. Uh, you know, as you were saying, Ollie, Matt reached out to you, right? He's a friend from long ago, but I guarantee when you first met him, you couldn't have imagined that however many years later, you know, you two would be working together at this level, right? Um, So nurture the relationships, network, chat with people. Uh, One of my favorite topics at the moment, which I'll ruin for the PDM crowd is uh, talking to strangers. I love that concept. Uh, And it's just, yeah, I love it. It's a great, great takeaway. But one one thing I do want to ask you. So for everyone listening, I met Holly in London in 2019, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 2019. Yeah. How many of you were in London? Was it just you and Amy? 
me, Amy, and then there were two on the verbate business. So the other business that we have, the sister company, uh, Charlie and Kyle at the time. So there were four of us in London. Okay. And has it grown since then? Um, with, with, actually, it's, the business has grown, but we're less in London. We've oh. now recruited like people from all over the world. We're trying to get most yeah. of our customers are in the US. So we're basically trying to set up more and more in the US now. So when you were, we went for a beer, we were, I think, seven people overall or eight. We're now 20. Um, wow. Those 20 are distributed all over rather than just sort of London and Sydney. That's huge. And I know the, the numbers don't sound big when you're talking about it, but when you consider these are full-time employees with salaries, benefits, perks, yeah. it, that's a huge bit of growth for a startup. So, yeah, kudos to all of you. Not to you personally, Ollie, but kudos <laughs> to Matt and the team for a – I'm kidding. <laughs> um, all right. So, look, we'll, we'll wrap it up here because it's been awesome fun. Um, where can people start? What do you think? So we're, with Bonjoro, with uh, the whole marketing, entrepreneurial stuff, what would you say? Where, where do you think people would start? I would start with a bit of a mindset shift in terms of thinking like longer. It took me until my late 20s to start thinking uh, outside of like one or two year, like I'm going to get success in one or two or three years to five to seven um, and I think once you start thinking differently like that and thinking like, what sort of business do I want to build and go on a journey with and enjoy doing every day? And it might take me five years, seven years, 10 years to really get payback from that. I think you start making very different decisions. Um, and I remember like early on when I started uh, thinking about doing my own, like uh, building my own business, my brother said something to me, which is really interesting. He said, uh, you genuinely need to think about the thing that you're going to be doing every day for that business. And actually, I didn't mention on the podcast, but the first business I created after I left my job was a cold-pressed juice business. And I really didn't heed his advice very well because what I realized I was doing every day was juicing vegetables. And you know, I, I, like two years into that, like, well, about a year and a half into that business, I realized like that wasn't the, day, the sort of day-to-day I wanted to do. The bit I loved was the running the business and the... You know, the email marketing, the going out, delivering the juices, like interacting with customers, um, going to like London's food markets and selling the products, all this sort of stuff. But the reality was I had to do that other piece and I couldn't escape that other piece. So I think genuinely, like when you think about your business idea, genuinely think about the day to day and go through it in your head. Like, what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be really happy doing that? Because you might be doing it for five years, seven years, 10 years. And if you are happy with that, then great. And go and enjoy those years. Um, so, yeah. That's sort of what I'd say. Oh, I love it. It's a great piece of advice. Yeah, it's a, definitely playing the the long-term game. Yeah. Yeah, this is cool. Now, this has been great. Um, one thing I will say that that's kind of always odd for me after we have a chat is that my son's name is Ollie. So whenever I'm, you know, getting a bit cranky, it, it's kind of awkward when I think of you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Ollie, stop hitting your brother. <laughs> um all right nice well look we we normally um wrap it up with you know talking about what we're reading at the moment so do you have anything do do you want a second to think about it i'll ask bob first oh yeah i have one go go for for bob first but i do have one actually yeah okay well bob you go first what are you reading Uh, same like last time minimal entrepreneur from the guy from gumroad finished python distilled from uh, beasley it's a great book and um 
now I'm reading again Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. I have to look that up. But yeah, that's a great book about, you know, sharing your work. And uh, yeah, so these three. Three yeah. at once. Three hands. I'm How about it. you? Well, Ollie, you go first. You're the guest. Right. You go next. Okay. Um, so right now I'm reading. Um, I'm really into running at the moment. Like the first lockdown in March 2020, I got into running quite a bit and I've kept it up. I think it's like one of the first, I'm usually quite a fad, man. I'll get into something and give it up after three months. But I've kept it up and I'm reading um, Haruki uh, Murakami, the author. He's got a book about running. Like he's a big, has been a runner all his life, well, most of his adult life. Um, and I'm reading that. I think, I guess I'm reading it because I do like to take space and time to sort of get away from work a little bit. And running has definitely been my my piece for that. Um, I highly recommend that book. It's a really different sort of angle. Like it's not talking about like the technical aspects of running, which I can read on you know, any blog on the web, the, the internet. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed that. So I'm reading that at the moment. So nothing, nothing work related. It's probably the escapist side of things that I'm enjoying of that. Yeah, see, I, I'm very much like you. A lot of my reading tends to be fiction, something or anything that has nothing to do with work. So with with Python and, and all this. But I say that, and my book at the moment. Um, so firstly, I've been over the holidays. I've been reading magazines and stuff, and I found some entrepreneur magazines and startups and all this stuff. And a book that I found through that the other day was "The Power of Strangers: The Benefits of Connecting in a Suspicious World." And um, yes, it, it's really interesting. I, I, I only a few pages in because I only just got it yesterday, but um, it's all about you know why we don't talk to strangers in the real world. Why we you know we all keep to ourselves. We're on a train. Everyone's quiet. It's it's like taboo to talk to the person next to you. They might think you're trying to kill them, uh, in the but just by saying hi. So uh, I find it really interesting, and it's uh, it's really really cool. So I'm going to read that with great um gusto i think sounds great awesome. let me know about that i might follow up on that one that really interests me that whole concept we had in the first and second lockdowns here we had this thing where we'd go out the front of our house and we'd clap um <laughs> on our doorsteps for the nhs um, like for our health service uh, cool. like, and, yeah, yeah. and the, the great thing that came out of that was that we would talk to neighbors that we typically wouldn't have done before because we're all out there we'd be like, oh hey how you doing and asking questions um, and it's a bit of a shame that sort of since the lockdown ended, like we have stopped doing that. And I do think it's really important to just say hello, even if you're not. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I mean, a lot of it is even having the opportunity to to meet new people, um, to talk with them. So that's one of my my favorite things to just throw myself into a situation like a PyCon or something, right, to, to meet with people. That's why I insisted on um, catching up with you for a beer uh, back then. So look at how that's turned out terribly. But still a good example. <laughs> terrible, terrible for you. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's that's awesome, Ali. Thank you so much for for joining us. Um, now, look, we will obviously have links to Bonjoro and everything. But you personally, you you're an inspiring human. You do amazing work. I see your LinkedIn posts. I see your emails. I love the way you write um, and present yourself. Uh, even the Bonjoro you recorded me for Christmas, where you were showing me oh, your Christmas yeah. tree and stuff. That was great. Um, but so how can people find you specifically, not just Bonjoro, but, but you as well? Me specifically, probably um, probably Twitter's the best place. I think, you know, like a lot of other sort of uh, SaaS marketers are hanging out on Twitter mostly. So what am I there? Uh, I think I'm at Ollie Bridge 
on there at the moment. I never know because someone had the original, you know, you never get your original name. So I've changed it over the years to try and get it the best it can be. Um, so yeah, I think it's at Ollie Bridge or at Oliver Bridge. Okay, we'll find it. At Ollie Bridge 3 or at Oliver oh, Bridge 3. Yeah, if you guys can find it for me, that'd be great. <laughs> Just add them all. Just add yeah. 133. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. We could do that. We'll, we'll link that in there. Um, but, yeah, man, thank you so much for your time. Uh, what a great way to start the year. I'm, I'm chuffed. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Very interesting insight and conversation. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, delighted to be on. So, uh, yeah, as I said, great way to start the year. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to connecting with you guys more and let's uh, get some beers in too when, well, well, when things open up. <laughs> can't wait. Yeah, London will be first on the list, I think. Cool. <laughs> all right everyone thank you so much for listening as always we will be back next week with another episode but until then take care and uh yeah thanks for listening yep talk next week we hope you enjoyed this episode to hear more from us go to pybyte slash friends that is pybit.es slash friends and receive a free gift just for being a friend of the show and to join our thriving slack community of python programmers go to pybytes slash community. That's pybit.es forward slash community. We hope to see you there and catch you in the next episode.